Welcome to the Men on Purpose podcast, featuring dynamic conversations with emerging and established visionary men on purpose. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the men on purpose who are committed, creative, courageous change makers, living their best, most fulfilling life possible. Now, here's the host of Men on Purpose, Ian Lobos. Welcome to another episode of the Men on Purpose podcast, where we celebrate men on purpose and provide our listeners with wisdom and immediately actionable steps to be more purposeful, powerful, and positive in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Ian Lobos. And yeah, I know I'm not Emerald. and You're probably surprised. I am the new host and producer of the Men on Purpose podcast, and I am really excited to be taking this show over. So we're going to get right into it today. I've got a special guest who I think is a very purposeful person in my life and has taught me about intention, being intentional, setting and being purposeful and being just a hell of an entrepreneur. So I'd like to welcome my dad, Glenn Lobos, to the show and we're just going to get right into it. Today, this show, obviously, usually under 30 minutes, just so you know, this show is going to go for probably an hour just for this first show and then I'm actually going to bring my dad back every month and we're going to have like an hour long kind of catch up show. My dad's been an entrepreneur for over 40 years and has taught me so much of what I know as an entrepreneur today, family man, and really so much about my life. So I felt it was really important to bring him on and have him share his wisdom with our audience, you guys. So without further ado, dad, welcome to Mental Purpose Podcast. Hi, Ian. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. I'm happy to be here today. I hope that uh, I can uh, touch someone out there with some of my past entrepreneurial experiences. I'm ready to get started whenever start. you're, you're ready. <laughs> so usually there's a structure and a script sort of, you know, to follow with each guest. Today, we're going to wing it and we're going to get as much value out during our time together as possible for the audience. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start from, where do you want to start that? From the beginning? I mean, you've been an entrepreneur and taken an on-purpose journey from probably three quarters, if not more, of your life. So why don't we just take this first episode and start from the beginning and then guys and ladies who are listening, make sure you've got something to take notes, your phone, a, a pen and paper, because this guy's going to drop golden nuggets of wisdom and experience all along the way. We just want to make sure that you're able to capture those and put the pattern together to implement in your life, take action in your life. That's what our goal is today. So where do you want to start? It's your call. I'm just, I'm the host and I want to just talk to you about your life. I want to start when I was 11 years old. Okay. Hit it. When I was 11 years old, my mom passed away suddenly and uh, I was uh, kind of left out there for uh, total survival. While my dad was a great guy, and, and he really uh, supported us a lot, he was working a long time, uh, many hours, to try to take care of uh, some medical bills that, uh, when my mom was in the hospital, that uh, were left behind. So there wasn't any way for my dad to really give us any kind of uh, allowance or anything of that nature. And um, I felt that there was something I needed to do to help that along. And I got this feeling when I was 14 years old that perhaps I could do something on my own. 
I wasn't the type of person that really liked to go work for anybody or a, a regular job. So I started delivering newspapers when the newspapers were really coming out, morning, evening, and Sunday. I was delivering newspapers getting up four o'clock in the morning. But I was excited about this because it was it was something that I was doing and no one was giving me anything. I was I was making my own way at 14 years old. And this kind of set off the flame of my entrepreneurship. Shortly after that, I decided that uh, I liked this entrepreneurship uh, thing. And I decided that perhaps I could go into the landscaping business before landscaping was in vogue. <laughs> Not necessarily... Uh, going around and uh, you know doing really expensive landscaping, but just basic landscaping. And I thought, how do I reach these people? So I decided that I would get on my bicycle at 14 years old and I would ride around and I would look at lawns that needed to be cut and I would go knock on people's doors and see some people would slam the door in my face they wouldn't answer the door. Maybe they thought I was, you know, trying to break in or something. <laughs> but I did get a couple people that opened the door and I gave them my spiel. Basically what it was, uh, I had never done sales before, but I believe that I was really genuine in saying that I wanted to help these people. So being authentic. I was authentic. Yeah. And it was coming from the heart. Um, it's not something that, hey, you know, I'm a kid. I'm just going to do this for a couple of weeks, get a few bucks. I really wanted to, to get something going. So I know this from our coaching business, and I know this from you. And I just kind of want to turn the audience a light on somewhere. Did you pick up and feel that you needed to be uh, more purposeful in the house or go out and make more money? Was it a way for you to ease the pain? And to kind of avoid having to sit and feel what you had gone through. And, and do you think that do you think that a lot of people do that and they turn work into that avoidance tactic? Well, I think it was a way for me to kind of pave my path, which I probably didn't realize it at that time. Yeah. At 14 years old. I think it was a beginning of paving my path to entrepreneurship. I did get some business and I started Every Saturday, I started one lawn I was cutting, and that person told another person, and that person told another person, and I had a little thriving business going, five or six lawns, and I was really excited about it, and I was really satisfied in the fact that I was paving my own way, and it gave me great satisfaction that I had purpose in life. After my mom died, I had no purpose in life. I had nothing. And um, it was uh, something that maybe it did help me through those tough times, yeah. but it also helped financially. And, uh, you know, I'm a kid at 14 years old. I'm 67 now, so you can do the math. I was making $100 a week. Man, that's a lot of money. Not bad for a kid 14 years old between the newspapers and cutting grass, because at that time you pay you five bucks to cut grass. Right. Which, to me which was, is, a, lot was a lot of money. Yeah. It was a lot of money. And that gave me the freedom 
to do things that normally I wouldn't be able to do. It gave me a sense of belonging again yeah. to society. Now I could have gone the other way and just sat in the corner and curled up and, you know, cried about it. Yeah, true. I mean, I grieved a long time with my mother's sudden passing, but something inside of me said, this is you. This is what you are here to do. How did you trust? How did you believe that voice and then trust that it was telling you the right thing? Because I know a lot of people, they're out there and they might be working a job they don't like or you know in a situation in a relationship they don't like and they hear that inner voice but they don't have the courage and the trust to actually follow through with it like how did you know how to do that or was it just you were young enough that you didn't have all the stuff going on in your head i can't sit here and tell you i wasn't scared yeah i'm 14 years old knocking on people's doors some on a cut of grass <laughs> right but there was something burning inside of me that said no matter what happens here you can do it this is what your purpose is here on earth at this point in your life. You I realize that, you know. Do you think that's an important piece to tell people is like, it doesn't matter what happens in 10 years or five years ago. Like right now, this is where you're supposed to be and just follow that or be okay with it. I believe that's true. I, I believe that not everybody is cut out to be an entrepreneur and you don't have to go in that direction sure. you don't have to do that path but let's say you're in a in a job and you feel you can do so much more but you're just afraid to take that, that next step but you got to feel it inside that it's okay yeah and if if you're scared you got to walk through that fear you got to want to be able to take that next step to see if that is the path that you should be taking. I believe everybody has a path in right. the universe that should be taking. Somebody used to tell me, so many people talk about, oh, you know, they're on their deathbed and they're like, you know, I should have, I should have taken that franchise. Or I should have, I should have started that little business. I should have, should have, would have, could have. Well, why not just try it? Right. Why not just try it? What happens? You may be very successful. Will it be easy? No, never right. is. Entrepreneurship is never easy. <laughs> but how about just trying to uh, take that, you know, one step that day to see how it feels. But you have to have it in your heart. You just can't talk about it every day. You have to have it in your heart. You have to have that, that burning desire to move forward. So remember, there are people listening that have kids, they have a ton of responsibilities, they have debt, and they're thinking, I want to take that step. Like, I want to do those things. And we're going to get into the way you started businesses in, in a bit. But before we do that, like, what do you say to somebody like that who says, Glenn, I want to do that. I dream about it every day, morning, noon, and night, sitting at my desk, laying in bed. I dream about that next step. I just, I don't know if I'm really willing to risk if that next step doesn't work out in my favor, you know, I got kids or I got dad or I've got, you know, student loans or whatever it might be, whatever reasons people give for not taking the next step. But I think the point you're making is great because it's saying like, it's just one step. It's not 20 steps. It's the elevator is broken. You know, the elevator to success, you got to take the stairs and it's like one at a time, just open the door, walk in, take the steps, 
you know, and then you hit levels. You don't have to go from zero to 20. It's just, it's just one step to level one. Well, I think a lot of people there, there's that, that real fear and it gets in your head and you, you get into the what ifs, the what ifs, the what ifs. You will never make that step that right. way. You'll never make that step. If you continue to, to let those little, I call them little gerbils run around in your head <laughs> yeah. and go, you know, what if, uh, what if it doesn't work out? You know, what if I run out of money? Okay, well, we can what if that all the time. Right. But it hasn't happened. Yeah. It hasn't happened. Okay, so you have to sit down and go, okay, I'm willing to take that next step to this next floor. Yep. Whatever that might be. You have to be willing to do that. And you can't worry about what happened yesterday. And you can't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow because we're not there yet. And we've already lived through yesterday, right? And that's the way I looked at it. I looked at, okay, this is what was going on yesterday. I wasn't very happy about that. And this is, you know, what's going on today. Perhaps I can do something today to change my course the way I want it to be. Yeah. And stop doing the what ifs, the what ifs, and just move forward positively. Right. You've coached me through that a number of times. I think the last time specifically was before I took this podcast on and buying this podcast and this brand. And, and I called you to tell you, and I, I was nervous about it because I was afraid that I was just jumping into another thing. And yes, I've been very successful in my entrepreneurial journey. And I've also not been successful at things too. I think you just kind of take the good with the bad or that's serving with the non-serving. But I said to you, you know, I'm worried that I'm going to take this on and it's not going to work. You said, well, what's your concern? I said, honestly, my biggest concern is that I'm getting more into debt. You know, obviously it's not debt because I'm using good money to, to buy a, a cash flow producing entity of some capacity. And I'm afraid to jump into another thing and try another thing because there's been things I've been able to make work and not make work. And you said, I'd be more, you said to me, well, I'd be more upset with you or concerned if you stopped moving forward in your pursuit of what your true purpose is and what your true alignment is. And this podcast sounds really cool. So give it a shot. Worst thing that's going to happen is it's, it's going to fizzle out and you'll just go try something else. And I was afraid of that. Like, how many things do you try until you get to the thing that you really like align with? And the answer is infinity until you align, right? That's correct. Yeah. If you just stop and start thinking, what if it doesn't work? What's going to happen? Then you won't do it. Right. But if you stay positive and you go, I really uh, have a plan for this path and I'm going to go on that plan and see where it takes me. Right. Now, I was never, uh, let's say the word failure yeah. has never been in my vocabulary. I hate to hear uh, entrepreneurs say, oh, man, I failed. You didn't fail. It's a journey on this path that you're taking. You yeah. didn't fail. There's no such thing as failure. If you got one thing out of what you did, then you have not failed. Yeah, very good point. And I can tell I'm still on a journey at 67 years old. I haven't failed at anything. I've tried a lot of things, different businesses, and I've learned a lot. Yeah. And that's what is really the, 
the key to true success is learning experiences. Now, sure. some people are not cut out for that. I understand that. But if you truly have it in your heart and you want to try it, you should try it. So, Chaos might be surprised how things work out for you. Right. Take us back to this is, a, this is your journey with your golden nuggets sprinkled in. So take us back to after the lawn business and landscaping business. Fast forward a couple years and you're, what, 16, 18, 20? Like, take us back to there and, and where your thought process and your, your, your resourcefulness and your purposefulness on your journey kind of played out. What'd you do after the lawn business? Well, after the lawn business, that lasted quite a while. I mean, I was probably 17, 18, something like that. Uh, I kind of got bored with that and I wanted to do something, kind of climb up another rung on the ladder. I was looking for something else. And that's one of the issues that you have with entrepreneurs. If we move up the ladder, we get excited again. Right, right. Reignited. Stimulated. And I actually started, I started doing this with a, with a neighbor. My father had gotten sick and uh, my father had a welding business and he taught me how to weld. But he had, uh, he had gotten sick, and uh, the jobs were still coming in. And I guess I'm maybe 17. Jobs were still coming in, and he, he couldn't do it. And I decided I could do it. <laughs> and I told him that, and he kind of just rolled his eyes and looked at me. I'm like, well, you told me how to weld. I can do it. And I started uh, welding things for people. There's a 57 Chevy a guy brought. He wanted to put new pans in his trunk. And I priced it out and I said, James Walling Company can take care of it. And I did it. It really excited me. And there I was up another step. What was it that excited you the most? Well, it took me to another level. I was actually, I was actually James Walling Company. That's my father's business. Yeah. I was actually the frontline guy. I was calling the shots. I was uh, doing the work, calling the shots and collecting the money. And I'm like, I kind of like this part of it. This is really exciting. Now, was I scared? Yes, I was really scared because I wasn't so sure at the time that when I told my father I could do it, I really couldn't do it. Yeah. But I pushed forward anyway because I wanted that experience. Right. And I thought it was really cool because, hey, I'm running my dad's company. Well, he's sick. And my whole purpose there was to keep my dad's company going, make some money, and see if I could do it. And I did it until he got well. And then uh, my neighbor and I, we would uh, buy cars. Uh, you, you probably don't know this. I don't think we've ever talked about it. But uh, cars that got damaged at the port, brand new cars. Yeah. Damaged. Couldn't be sold as brand new. And we would buy those cars at a wholesale price, fix them up a little bit. They smelled brand new. They had very few miles on them. Maybe had a dented fender. Fix them up, sell them for less than you could buy a new car for. Yeah. But it was a new car. It just couldn't be sold as a new car. Right. And 
at that time, the Celica, the Toyota Celica was yep. really hot, came out. That's what we saw as our market, Toyota Celica. A lot of people wanted to buy those, but they couldn't afford to buy them new. So we were always called the, the guys that handled the Toyotas and said, hey, you got any Celicas damaged? They're like, yeah, we got a couple. Okay, what do you want for them? And it would be a ridiculous price. We would pay for them and then at that yeah. time put them in a newspaper and sell them. And make a couple thousand bucks. So this is 17, 18 years old. We're just, I'm still moving down that path. Yeah. Still moving down that path. And I think also, I'm an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur, it's in our blood. My yeah. uncle was an entrepreneur, my dad, my grandfather, he was an entrepreneur, was a winemaker, but that's another story. We'll, we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> that, I believe I did that till I was like 21, 20, something like that. Yeah. And then I, was, uh, I started going to uh, night school to work on, on, on getting a, a college degree. I had to get a job rather than doing what I was doing to keep some money coming in. Well, and, back up for uh, a second, because you weren't purposeful with college, and that's why you had to go to night school, because your dad was paying for college, yeah? Because this is the story that, story that you told me when I was going to college. So, look, <laughs> that story. <laughs> I'll cover your bills as long as you're there and you get, and you get the grades that you're intended to get. You don't need to get straight A's, what you said to me, but don't bring home straight F's because you're good. You're better than that. You, you, you hold up your end of the bargain. I'll hold up mine. Just like my dad said to me, if you don't, I cut it and you can put yourself back. Or if not, I'm taking the money and I'll go buy a, a new sports car. A truck. Tru well, no, but you said sports car. Yeah. Well, that was to you. Yeah. Your dad bought a truck. Well, you didn't hold up your money. end of the bargain. Well, I did do entrepreneurial things. Uh, when I was uh, that first semester in college, yeah, I hung out at the pool hall and played pool, try to <laughs> win money. That didn't go well, but I learned some things. Yeah. Let me ask you a quick question. Do you feel like, and, and I'm bringing this from a place of, you know, I've coached hundreds of people over the last six, seven years. Do you think that money brought purpose? We're talking a lot about the journey and my journey as a, as your son and my entrepreneurial journey is very similar to yours, except for the welding part so far, like I've done all that stuff. And I want to talk to the, the dads out there just for a second. Cause you and I are dads, obviously you're a grandfather of my children. And I, I want to back up to what you said was I didn't know how I was going to do it, but my dad just trusted that I would figure it out. Cause he kind of saw that look on my face. That's how I was with the shipping business. And we'll get into that later. Like, I had no clue what I was doing with some of the really off the wall, very difficult technical stuff that we did. I didn't know what I was doing, but you just said, all right, well, you'll just go, you'll figure it out or you won't. There's only two choices. That's sure. it. How would you instruct another dad who's maybe a little bit more like over top of their kid and kind of wanting to guide them, got good intentions, but they, they need to let the rope out a little bit more. Well, what do you do there? Cause you know, obviously you were probably anxious when I was, driving a semi when, or a truck when I was brand new license and, you know. Yeah, or when you drove the forklift through the wall. Of our <laughs> that was not purposeful. <laughs> that wasn't purposeful at all. <laughs> I well, was young. <laughs> I was like eight. You were eight, yeah. Oh, something like that. I never worried about it. I never micromanaged you. Why didn't you worry about and, it, though? 
I felt that this is all a part of your life experience. Yeah, and it worked out very well. Yeah, it did work out very well. I felt it was all a part of life experience. And I see so many, um, I saw so many dads at that time micromanaging their kids. Yeah. So what I felt with you is that he's got to learn. He has to learn. And I can't, I can't, you know, cuddle him all the time. He has to learn what is life really like. And some dad said it to me at the time. Oh, man, it's just we're trying to just toughen your kid up. I know. I, no, I'm not trying to toughen the kid up. I want the kid to have as many experiences that he can have right. so he can find a purpose here in his life. Yeah. What is it that he's what is his true purpose here? Yeah. So experience all these different things. Now, I really didn't. I really wasn't happy when you ran the forklift through the wall <laughs> of our neighbor. Right. <laughs> I wasn't. uh you know, I wasn't the kind of person that went, oh, boy, I why did I do that? Yeah, I was going to ask you that. No. Because you just did, and you didn't think anything of it. You didn't make meaning to no. it. It's something that happened. It's no. a decision you made, right? No, no. It's really the track that I was on. I wanted you to be on that track. Right. Trying different things to find really what your purpose is yeah. in life. That's a, it's a, that's that's a really good point. That's a really good point. You can, uh, you can live in a bubble and that's great if that's the kind of life you want, but that's not the kind of life I wanted. And I didn't think that was the kind of life my son should have. Right. right. What I thought back then, because you know, everybody weighs in their opinion and obviously you, there is that, and I know it from being a dad now, because I let my four-year-old daughter, Alice, I let her kind of do her thing and feel her way through the cave. And I'll, I'll, I'll yell some, not yell at her, but I'll yell some like pointers and like, Hey, may, maybe stay away from that side or Hey, don't go over there. But she's feeling her way out and she'll come back to me and ask for, for directions or help. But you know, I know that like back then in the eighties, a lot of people were, were that sort of more old school. Obviously it's like 40 years ago. It was a more old school way of raising a kid. Like it's either, sort of helicoptering or like, ah, let him do what he wants to toughen that kid up. But that's not what you did. Like it, you were very purposeful and loving and caring in your pursuit of helping me gain experiences. I just want to note that to you just in case you don't know that. I never felt like I always knew the lines. And I'm saying this because I want other dads to pick up on this. I knew the lines but I knew that I could always walk up to the line and you still wouldn't, you wouldn't grab me. But if I crossed it, you'd kind of let me get burnt a little bit and then be there to say, Hey, it's cool. Everything's good. You learned that. And now you probably won't do it again. And like what you used to say to me before I started really listening and following your advice, is, <laughs> <laughs> you remember what you used to say to me about mistakes? Remember specifically the day that I, I uh, got in the Z06, the Corvette, and I was going to the ocean. And you said, son, there's a lot of cops out there. Just be careful. And I said, dad, dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you said, son, yeah, I'm you, you can learn from my mistakes or yours. Mine are cheaper because I've already <laughs> paid the price. Trust me. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. A right. hundred feet from that office, I got a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> you got a ticket. Yeah. But I was never afraid to come talk to you about things. 
you let yeah. me, you know, kind of feel my way through the world, but also were there as a guide and also weren't judgmental. Like you had your own issues, right? But like yeah, sure. you weren't judgmental. Like I knew I could come back and go, uh, dad, I got a ticket and you wouldn't freak out on me, which is a huge lesson in parenting that I have now is don't freak right. out because then the kid will never come back and talk to you. And then you That's wonder right. why you don't have a connection. Right. I'm on the right path. Right. Oh, yo, yo, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So sorry. I just wanted to make sure we, we interjected that because I thought that was a very a yeah. great, great part of my upbringing and your way of guidance and discipline and that kind of thing. Well, I, my philosophy at that time was, and this is really kind of what my dad did too, was I'm not going to tell you what to do or how to do it unless you ask me. If right. you want my opinion, give it to you. But if you think you know how to do it, then you should try it. Yeah. And many times that's what you did. <laughs> and Ed would come back to me and go, it didn't work out the way I thought it was going to work out. Uh, what do you think? Right. And then I would give you my opinion. I think that was a great learning process for you. I think it was too. I really do. And it um, really with independence. Yeah, for sure. So, hey, real quick, for everybody that's listening, that's 30 minutes have gone by. And I hope you're really enjoying everything that we're talking about and the wisdom that my dad's dropping. And we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back to pick up with night school and more wisdom experiences and lessons from my dad, Glenn Lobos. The Men on Purpose podcast is brought to you by Personal Performance Mastery Coaching and Consulting. Guys, are you struggling with fulfillment, reaching your fullest potential, depth of your relationships, or just can't stop dreaming about what your life would be like at the next level? Men from all over the world are making the commitment to personal performance mastery and living the life of their dreams. If you are ready to share authentically, dream vividly, and live purposefully, be decisive. Take action by going to menonpurposepodcast.com and click on the Personal Performance Mastery icon to apply for your discovery session today. Time isn't slowing down. Stop living by default and expecting that one day it will be better. It's time to live life on purpose and make the most out of every single moment. Men on Purpose live up to their fullest potential, feel fulfillment in every area of their lives, have deeper relationships, make the most of their moments, and never have regrets. To apply for a discovery call today, go to menonpurposepodcast.com. All right, everybody, we are back with my dad, Glenn Lobos. Now, he's not plugging anything, but if you want to know more about him, you can go to our website, menonpurposepodcast.com forward slash Glenn, G-L-E-N-N. Last name, same as mine, L-O-B-A-S. Again, mentalpurposepodcast.com forward slash Glenn Lobos. Literally everything you want to know about our guests can be found on mentalpurposepodcast.com or in the show notes, your choice. So Dad, let's jump back into it. What we were talking about before the break was, God, we were talking about a lot of stuff. We were talking about discipline and letting kids kind of do their thing and letting them have their own experiences and make their own mistakes. And I think that's challenging for a lot of parents. But why wasn't that challenging for you? I mean, maybe it's what you knew, but like parents change over generations. Why wasn't that challenging for you? Well, I guess I got a little bit of that from my dad. 
yeah. who really didn't cuddle me much. Although I think if he felt that I was going to do something that wasn't safe, he would certainly say something. But he would never say to me, don't do that. And um, I felt with you, it was important. Uh, and don't get me wrong. I wouldn't let you do anything unsafe. No, no, no. But I felt it was important for you to experience life. And it would emerge into your adulthood. You would take yep. that with you. And you would start developing what purpose you have here on planet right. Earth. And I felt that that was something that would be a nice learning experience for you. And you would carry that with you for the rest of your life. I might have taken it for granted when I was a kid. So for dads out there listening, if you have this type of, of parenting philosophy and you don't see it working, quote unquote, just wait. It takes a little bit of time for the medicine to soak in sometimes. And I used to think that's just how all parents were, except for the parents that I saw like being helicopterish with their with their kids. So I mean, I'm fully supportive of that. Obviously, you heard the story about me running a forklift through a wall, but I was operating a forklift at eight years old. <laughs> I knew how to drive a forklift, that it was a small little space in a warehouse, and I just got a little out of control. Now, my experience, so if you fast forward to today, you know, with, with our shipping company, I mean, I've got probably eight to 10,000 hours on a forklift. I'm in master expert level on a forklift. But that first experience or those first couple experiences, they weren't too great. <laughs> but uh, it was definitely a learning experience for you. I believe if I would have grabbed you and said, oh, my God, don't do yeah. it, you would probably never, ever get on a forklift again. I was just about to say that's a great point because me being on a forklift when we were in business together made us a lot of money. And was a great experience for both of us. Just great experiences. You and I had a lot of fun with that little forklift, picking cars up. And so you're right. I, it would have. And, and again, something for parents to, to look out for, just to be cognizant of, is the reaction. And I, I mean, I have to do this too, because listen, let's not, let's, we're not going to paint you as a saint. Your reactions aren't always that great. And I learned, <laughs> that, I learned that too. So I learned the quick fast, which nobody ever, anybody who says, Oh, your dad's the calmest, easiest going guy. I'm like, yeah, you didn't know him when I was a kid. I don't like, believe that's totally true. He's the whitest, calmest Sicilian that you've ever met. And he still has a little bit of a, a temper. Not anymore, but you're totally right on that. I probably would have been a little more like shell-shocked to get onto a forklift or to go back into that scenario or to go into this scenario if the reaction wouldn't have been, well, listen, you learned, didn't end up that great. So listen, still going to hop on again and we're going to try it again. Now you probably won't make a move like turn and hit the gas at the same time. Great. Right. You'll make another mistake. That's all right. Yeah, you make another mistake. Yeah. Like I said, I had I went over and said, oh my God, because you're feeding off of me. Yeah, 100%. Right? Yeah. It's already in your mind that Something went wrong here. Yeah, of course. Now you need me to quantify that, right? Right. <laughs> you screwed up. You, you, you took a wall out. <laughs> well, that's already been done. No need to say that. Right. You learn from it. You didn't yeah. run into a, you didn't run through a wall. I mean, you hit a wall. No, and I appreciate. I definitely appreciated that. Yeah. So 
Those are the kind of things uh, I think that you really have to watch your reactions. Yeah. You really have yeah. to watch that. Purposeful uh, reactions toward anybody, frankly, but kids, we're talking about specifically, but your reactions really toward anybody. You know, most people's reactions are fueled by emotions and things that they gathered when they were younger. This is true. And so a 45-year-old reacting like a baby in traffic is really still an eight-year-old's brain reacting because they didn't get what they wanted. We just have got to be really clear on that. That's, that's the facts. That's how it rolls. Well, let's get back into your story. So where are we? We're at, I want you to get to the Bob's Big Boy part because I love that part. Is that, no, that's not soon, is it? Soon. <laughs> well, Towson State, or at the time was Towson State. Oh, yeah, State. yeah, night school. Yeah, first semester at Towson State when my dad was paying for it, I did some, uh, a lot of time at the pool hall, a lot less time at Towson State. Right. At that time, I was studying accounting. I don't know Yikes. why. I just, well, I don't know, I picked one out and I went, that sounds good. I'm going to do that. Well, when I came home after the first semester, there wasn't really anything that I could say. And my father looked at the report card and said, that's it. I told you, if you, if you play around and you get bad grades, all that money's going. I'm right. going out and buy a truck. And that's what he did. Went out and <laughs> bought a truck. And when he came back, I'm like, what about the money? He goes, a deal's a deal. You know this going in. You didn't listen. Right. And I thought, oh, jeez. He goes, so now you're going to have to get a job. And you're going to have to start paying rent. And I'm like, paying rent my own house? <laughs> and he reminded me that it's not my house. It's his house. <laughs> and that I should start learning more things about life. When you make agreements and you don't hold up to your agreements, yeah. there are consequences. And that well, was one for me. Integrity integrity that's exactly right and um i did get a job as a uh, short order cook bob's big boy on lock raven boulevard i don't think it's that now but no i didn't have a car so i rode my bike to work <laughs> which was about five miles from where i lived so i ride my bike everywhere and you know working at bob's big boy and getting the money together to to go back to school because I really felt at that time after a long thinking process, that was something that I needed to do to hold up my side of the bargain with my dad. Yeah. And I, I got to say, he never really said much about it, but he was proud of me that I did that on my own. Yeah. There was a, a really burning purpose here for me. I wanted to show my dad that I could do it. Love that. I wanted to show myself, actually, that I could do it also. So I uh, went to night school, worked on the weekends as a short order cook. I bought the big boy, flipping eggs. Flipping pancakes. Pancakes. I would get home and I'm like, I never want to see another egg again. <laughs> Which also extended my thought process that if I don't go to school, this is probably where I'm going to be. Flipping yeah, back eggs. then. Yeah, back then without technology and That's stuff. That's probably where I'm going to be. Yeah. So I did, you know, I I, I worked about Big Boy a long time. And um, 
I used to work those Sunday morning coming from church breakfast when they would all <laughs> crowd in after church. And just people just kept coming. But I learned a lot. I learned a lot about business working there. I did learn a lot about business and I have no regrets for that. Yeah. I have no regrets. It's just a part of the path that I that I had to take at the time. Maybe I got a little, you know, off my the path that I was meant to take. But it's certainly the experiences really made me think about education and the path I really wanted to take. And I focused on that. And my purpose was to go to school, get the degree, get out and do what I believe was my main purpose in life was being an entrepreneur, continue on that path. Yeah, yeah. They say in the universe, things happen for a reason. Yeah. It's not always pretty. There's sometimes a lot of pain, but out of that really comes something very valuable. Yeah. You know that. Yeah, for sure. You've been through quite a bit of pain on things you tried and the consequences yeah. weren't so good. But I did get out, you know, I got out of that. Then I, I, I felt I was back on that path that I was meant to be on. And I think maybe I got to tour a little bit just to really make me focus on what my purpose is here in life and yeah. what I was here to do. This is really how it all came together. And yeah. things happen for a reason, right? Yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do. I actually thought what I was going to do, I changed my uh, major into international marketing. Oh, right. I really, I really like that. And I thought what I was going to do after I got out was get into some type of marketing business. We can talk about that on your next session if you want yeah. to, because that really takes a really very positive turn unexpectedly for me. I love that. Yeah, let's leave that. Let's leave some let's leave some of that for the next time. So are you good wrapping up here? Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. I want to uh that I want to thank you for being on. Obviously, to all of our guests, I told you in the beginning, this is the first show with me as the host and producer. And I thought, what better guest to bring on than my dad, who's taught me how to be a man on purpose because he's a man on purpose. And it doesn't mean a man who's perfect. That means someone who continuously takes steps forward to improve themselves, even when some things happen, they meander, they always get back on course and just keep taking steps forward to improve themselves. So I want to thank you for being on that. I know this is, this is, a, this is a lot, but this is really this is important and special for me. Yeah, yeah. And so what we're going to do is every month, maybe even every three weeks, because you got a lot of stuff to share with the, with the, the stuff that you got that you're going to tell us coming up. Maybe every three weeks or, or maybe every month, whatever, I'll figure it out. We're going to do a new episode with you and me, you and I, talking about life lessons, experiences, being an entrepreneur, your life trajectory, things you've learned, dropping nuggets of wisdom and experience and things like that. So for anybody that wants to watch this, It'll be on our YouTube channel as well. And then remember, want to find out more about my dad or any of our other guests, go to mentalpurposepodcast.com forward slash Glenn Lobos, G-L-E-N-N. 
L-O-B-A-S, or it's going to be in the show notes. So I want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in and celebrating being a man on purpose. We're celebrating the men on purpose in your life and celebrating with my dad and I as men on purpose in our inaugural episode of the Mental Purpose Podcast. So dad, I thank you and I love you, buddy. Love you. Thank you for inviting me and we'll talk next time. My pleasure. And thanks again for listening, everybody. Really appreciate it. Remember, our mission is to educate, elevate, and enrich every man to truly live their best life possible. So if you found today's episode valuable, be sure to share it out on social media. Make sure you rate and review. We appreciate you downloading and listening. And uh, we'll see you next week on another episode of Men on Purpose. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening to the Men on Purpose podcast, where our mission is to educate, elevate, and activate every man to truly live their best, most fulfilling life possible. To find out more about the podcast, our guests, or becoming a man on purpose, visit menonpurposepodcast.com and choose your most purposeful path forward.